Timestamp, the podcast dedicated to capturing this moment in time. I'm Amy Breslow. Today's episode, Finding Her Voice. Maggie identifies as a straight single mom, a teacher, and a student. This conversation took place the day after the election was called for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Equality, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being elected, that was my my first initial thought was equality. And as I was standing in the streets of New York City, among people of different race, ethnicity, uh, gender, you know, I just thought, please, God, let this be an administration that will welcome and include and have equality for everyone. My children and I live in an apartment in um, suburbia of New York City. We're right outside New York City. And uh, we are pro Biden Harris. Uh, We had our signs out and they were stolen three times. It became a little scary to us. Um, We didn't know how the reaction was going to be when the results were in. So my daughter had suggested to take away the signs and banners that we had outside and that we did. So the day of the election, we were very concerned. And that night it was scary because we hadn't, I guess, gotten the results from the mail-in ballots. It was around 1030. And I said to my daughter, I'm going to go to bed because I kind of had PTSD from uh, 2016 uh, when Hillary lost to the president. So I went to bed and the next morning I woke up And uh, we've been living, especially, um, I can speak for myself, with a lot of anxiety and stress. And then when the uh, mail-in ballots were coming and it was looking good, it was getting exciting. And we had plans Saturday morning to go in to see my daughter, Maraid. We were going to go in Saturday morning for breakfast and go to Central Park. I was a little hesitant only because I wasn't sure what the reaction was going to be if the results came in Friday night or even Saturday morning. With the way that uh, the other side were conducting themselves with violence and threats, so we were very nervous. But we got up Saturday morning, and I, it was a beautiful day, and I decided, let's go. So we got ready. We went into the city, and I actually said to my daughter Morgan, wouldn't it be something if they called the results of the election when we were with Maraid. Because leading up to this, Maraid and Morgan and I have been very involved, writing out postcards all over the states. We made phone calls. We went to marches. So we were a team in this. I said, wouldn't it be something if this happened when we were together? So got into the city, went into Maraid's apartment, we were going, getting ready to go to breakfast when I got a message on my phone that Joe Biden was the 46th president-elect of the United States. And I said, oh my God, 
And then my daughters came running into the living room and my daughter's roommate came running out of her bedroom and said, I just heard screaming in the streets and I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. So myself and my girls, my daughters were like, mom, be careful because, you know, fear of what was going to happen. But I didn't care. We went running out to the street, we went to the corner and people were honking their horns and banging pots and pans out the apartment windows and ringing bells and people were driving by. What happened? Did he get elected? And we're like, yes. And every car and, and that passed by, black, white, Asian, Latino. There were so many diverse people, Muslim. It just, I was surrounded by what America looks like. And there was one African-American gentleman and I were really one of the, f the first people out there screaming. And we just kept saying, we did it, we did it. And uh, my girls and the roommates came out and they were crying and, and people were more so coming out into the streets. After all that time of waking up in fear and anxiety and depression and not knowing what was gonna happen, and then this old man came out. He must have been 90 years old with his bagpipes. And he started playing God Bless America. And we all started singing and crying. And it really was just like a moment of love of country, love of United States, united people, united cultures and genders and ethnicity and race we were all there together and with hope and love and community that we did it we all worked so hard it was just it was a moment that i'll never forget the scary part that he did get a very uh high voting representation so that still is worrisome but the majority of us did not believe in him we believed and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and we believed in equality for everyone, equality for everyone. No one is better, no one is less, as Joe Biden would say his mother told him. That was a day that I'll never forget. And after uh, my daughters and I went to uh, find a place to get something to eat, and on that corner, people were dancing. There was a DJ and there. We were singing New York, New York, and, and uh, just dancing, and, and it didn't matter. You just felt a sense of freedom. Freedom that, you know, we haven't felt in so long. When I uh, watched President-elect Joe Biden, his speech last night and, and talking about his wife, and he said, educators, you're gonna be thrilled to have my wife, the first lady, Jill Biden, who is an educator in the White House. It, it's chills, like just knowing that this woman, when J Joe Biden was vice president of the United States in the Obama administration, Jill Biden still taught at the community college where they live. And myself, going back to school when I was uh, 53 or 54, I started at Bergen Community College, which is uh, the community college in my area. And, uh, and I loved it. I was thrilled to hear that that's what she did. She kind of refused to, she was like, I'm still teaching. And how they think of students and uh, educators. I just, I love her. She's an independent woman and she changed lives. And that's an amazing thing. And I know 
whatever they do as an administration, the women's voice is going to be apparent and huge in this administration. And that makes me really happy. I think what we learned from this administration the past four years was our democracy was at stake, our equal rights were at stake, my body, a woman's body was at stake. There was so much at stake. Our planet, climate change, like all of that was at stake. After uh, the last administration won back in 2016, 2017, I went to my first ever protest. And prior to that, I was very complacent. I got married, I had children, really wasn't paying attention because the country was being run. It was being run well, as far as I thought, and we were safe. Obama got elected. And then I, I started to hear like people that didn't like him, that I loved, like people that I worked with or people that I was friends with. And they would speak of him with such hatred. And I'm like, wow, like, am I missing something here? Like, what is he doing that's, that's bad? During this time, I was 2008, I was divorced. I was raising four children under the age of 13 and uh, I was very busy. <laughs> so I didn't pay much attention. But when the elections came up, I knew what was at stake. Knowing the present president, especially being from the New York City area, I knew him. I knew what kind of person he was and what was at stake. And this is where equality and our rights really came into the forefront and a priority with me and with so many other women was learning about the misogyny and listening to television show take and how that was okay. Like it was there and then it, and then it disappeared and people were saying supportive things of him and then the Muslim ban and then crowd size and then all of these things. And one by one, we were losing things. He was reversing all of the previous administration's progress that we made and all these things that we have known to be our rights and that were being passed and the progression that we made as a country, as a people. He was erasing and that we were going to be transformed back to the 50s. And that was like the scariest notion. The reason I got involved was just because of that. And I remember going to my first protest. It was here in New Jersey. And there were so many things at stake, at risk. Like you couldn't just stand there and say, I'm here for pro-choice. Well, I'm here for equal rights for black Americans and brown Americans. Like, you know, we were there for so many reasons. And that just began my advocacy, my reason for protest and my, that became my life was fighting for our rights. And from that moment on, I became very active in uh, progressive groups in the area here, all run by women. And we started protesting. We did the Women's March. We did the March for Our Lives about gun laws. There was one after the other after the other. And watching the news and, you know, seeing everything that was happening, it was, well, what's next? Like, how low can this guy go? And nothing was surprising. I just didn't realize that 
other people that I loved, that I was friends with, that I grew up with, didn't see or feel the same things. And that's when I was like, wow, but we're in the fight for our lives. We're in the fight for our planet. Like this isn't a joke. We're fighting for our future here and nobody's paying attention. As a woman growing up in a very strong male household, my father had the, the voice that I didn't have a voice. And I remember being angry at that as a young child. And my mother was very, very submissive and quiet. And But I found out years later how strong she was. But this goes back to just, no, we have a voice. And I remember when it was uh, the year 2000 and my mother was dying and I had just had my fourth child and I was in a marriage that I wasn't happy with. You know, I thought maybe another baby would help, even though he was an alcoholic, rageaholic, workaholic, and he was never around. But I loved being a mom and I was almost accepting of the fact that I, you know, this is my marriage and I'm, I'm accepting it the way it is. My mother passed away and my dad, who was an alcoholic, he treated her horribly. And I just thought of when my mom died that all women, whether they're, especially whether they're married with children, give up their lives for their children, their husband, their family. And I just, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the basement. I was in front of a hot water heater. And I just thought there's no fucking way that I am giving up my life as a woman for the rest of my life to be submissive, to give up what I could do for anyone. And that includes my children, but especially my husband. And that was the beginning of really the end of that marriage. It was one of those things where my family turned against me. Um, not everybody, but most of them. And uh, it was my voice that I wanted to be heard. And the only people that mattered were my opinion. And, and really, that's it. It was me. It was, was I happy? Was I safe? Were my children safe? And that's when I decided to leave my, my ex-husband. And that was the journey from that point on of becoming a woman of honor and dignity, of having a voice, of fighting for what my passions were. I am fighting for everything I believe in for the first time in my life. And I found my voice. Looking back historically, 100 years, 1920, how the women, the suffrage, suffragettes had fought for our, our chance to vote. But then to learn that the black women who have put so much effort into that movement were left behind. And to learn so much about, especially in the Black Lives Movement, we here in, in my town organized a protest for Black Lives Matter. And we stood on the streets of my town and we were attacked on social media by fellow citizens. Who are we to be doing this? And it just, the racism of this country just rose up between the cracks and exposed its ugly face, its ugly head. And I've learned so much as a white woman. And I've been listening to audiobooks on how 
to you know be an anti-racist and and how to put myself in the shoes of people of color and we don't know what that's like we don't know how it is to to have lived a life as as a person of color and that's what like i'm trying to advocate is we don't know that and the oppression and the you know racism that occurs systemically it just isn't right and that's become one of my adamant causes to teach my children because i also came from a very prejudiced home my dad was very prejudiced and he raised us he that voice in my head is the voice of racism that i grew up with and society as well changing the voices in my head changing the way that i was raised is one of the most empowering things that i've done in my life to find that voice and to learn how am i behaving how am i speaking how am i taking from uh, society and books and advertising and am i recognizing the the bias in all of this and and the other thing i wanted to talk about too was the white privilege that i've learned from my race the white privilege the white entitlement that people have expressed and and i'm sure i did growing up it just is wrong and i'm but i'm recognizing it now that is the point that i'm trying to make that things that don't affect me you know years and years ago i might not have even thought of marching over or or saying anything on social media but now that i've become aware my eyes have been become open my own father he even said to friends of mine you know when we were all having babies oh thanks for populating the white race he said and i was like oh my god like and people laughed and see that was the thing people made jokes but it's not funny and that just expressed who you were i know today i don't want to be like that today is uh is a day of hope of love for everyone you know look at us we're a melting pot and we've always been you know you look at ellis island and all the people that came in black white latino irish german um indian you know muslim it amazes you and it gives you pride that america is like this but were there equal rights for all of those people in the 19 turn of the century when they came to ellis island no there there wasn't and when our founding fathers wrote the declaration of independence all men are created equal and we the people and i remember watching the documentary from rbg ruth bader ginsburg who was also a hero of mine and she said if we look back at the constitution and if you read it word for word and you read it that that's what it actually means when it was written in the day then we wouldn't be where we are as women we wouldn't be as we as we are for gender equality we wouldn't be where we are for all rights but that's the thing you know some people believe that and they're actually in the supreme court so this is what we're fighting for 
democracy is not a given. This is something that we have to work for. And that's what Kamala Harris said last night. Our lives are so much more enriched by the people that have been fighting for this country, fighting for equality. It doesn't have to happen to you, your race, your gender. But for me as a woman, I think I've always been fighting. There's something about the United States that's very uh, misogynistic, and and I'm going to fight for that change. I'm going to fight misogyny uh, against hom- homophobics, against racism, abortion, all of our rights. I'm just, I'm alive today. I feel alive because of, of everything that is happening in America. This is another revolution, and... The work is not done for us, even though we have a new president-elect and and vice president-elect. The work is just beginning, and we will continue to fight. I'm just really glad to be alive during this time. Thanks for listening. Timestamp is produced by me, Amy Breslow, with IT support from Alex Moreno and original music by Maddie Schuler. You can find us at timestamppodcast.com and can subscribe on Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back in one or two weeks with the next episode. Until then, take care and be well. Mm-hmm.